0: Hi guys, I'm Amy. Welcome to the first ever interview episode of Adopted, a podcast made by Asian adoptees for Asian adoptees. Today we're joined by a very special guest and my friend, Terry. Hi everyone. I'm Terry.
1: I was born in 1995 in Hangzhou, China. I was dropped off at a police station, um, and I've always known that I was adopted. Now I live on Long Island, where I grew up, um, and I'm currently finishing up my master's degree in college student affairs at Rutgers University.
0: Nice. So today is going to be a little different than what you guys are used to hearing. Um, instead of it being a whole bunch of us talking about one issue, it's going to be just myself and Terry talking about her experience as an Asian adoptee. So Terry, are you open with others about being adopted and your adoption in general?
1: Yeah, I am. I uh... Even, ever since I was little, I've known that I was adopted and I feel like I just, you know, bring it up in conversation. Like if it comes up, like I've never felt weird about it or anything. Um, I guess these days, I don't really like just randomly say it. It only comes up if we're like talking about family or something like that. But I'm open about it if it comes up in conversation.
0: Do you think that being adopted or anything has impacted your views about adoption? Yeah, definitely. I
1: mean, when I've always thought about like having a family of my own when I'm older, um, I always thought that like adoption might be part of building a family as well. But I don't know. Now I'm I'm kind of like learning more about like adoption and listening to other people's stories. So, you know, I'm still trying to like figure that out, I think.
0: Yeah, totally. Do you get any kind of like reaction or anything like that when you end up telling people that you're adopted?
1: Um, I feel like the typical answer I usually get is kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. I've had someone ask like how I feel about being adopted in one of my classes. But I think it was just because she asked that because um, someone in her family also adopted someone from China. So I feel like typically if someone doesn't really have a connection or something or know
0: more about adoption, they're just pretty much like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's awesome have you ever struggled with your identity being, you know, adoptee Asian or anything like that? Yeah, I feel like I have a little bit.
1: I mean, I think I've always felt like I, I've always had this feeling about like not being Asian enough for things. Or like, I don't know, I remember I've told my like, talked to my sister about it. She's also adopted from China. Um, Like I feel like You know, if I go to an Asian supermarket, I'm like walking around like, oh, I'm just this like, I feel like I forget sometimes that I like look Asian to other people because I feel more white than Asian. And like, I think, oh, like, you know, maybe I can't. I'm, like, not Asian enough to join, like, Chinese student clubs or something like that because I'm like, oh, I feel like I won't know what they're talking about. But yeah, I guess, like, that's something that I've thought, like, had feelings about growing up. But I mean, to be honest, I feel like it hasn't been until kind of more recently that I've started to, like, more think about my identity as being, like, Asian American and kind of, like, what that means
0: to me. That's awesome. Is there anything that's been like a catalyst in that mind shift?
1: Yeah, I think, well, so like the graduate program that I'm in, we learn a lot about like student development theories and like identity development. So kind of like starting to think about and learn about those. I've kind of been like, oh, like thinking about myself within those frameworks too. Um, And I think I'm at Rutgers University and there's there's a really diverse student population there and a big like Asian American AAPI community at Rutgers. So I think like being in that environment has been really different from anything I've kind of been in before. So that's kind of been a catalyst in you know, being more open to like exploring different like groups and things um, on Facebook and, you know, looking into different like literature and things like that.
0: That is really cool, especially that in a group like that, and that you're able to kind of take that journey. Yeah. Um, let see. One thing that um, I would like to let our viewers into, um, or I guess our listeners into um, Terry and I are both adopted by Italian families. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, how <hello> about <laughs> the Italian families? Uh, <laughs> and it was really interesting when I met Terry, I had never met anybody else adopted by an Italian family specifically? Those of you who are connected to Italians know that, especially that like Southern Italian heritage, it's, you know, a very big culture. It has um a very big pull and it's just a very prominent part of my life and I believe other people who are raised by Italians. Have you ever um struggled with your identity versus being Italian as well? Or has that played a part in any of it for you? Yeah. So I, you know, grew
1: up in an Italian family. So like, I feel very connected to like the Italian culture and like the food. Um, I really like to cook. So I really love cooking, like all the recipes my grandma has passed down, my nani, that's what we call her. Um,
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, But I think when it comes to like, talking with like Italians that are not in my family, or like, just being in groups of people who like, may not know that I'm like adopted into an Italian family. It just feels very weird. I remember this one instance where I was, you know, out with one of my friends who's also Italian. And, you know, she knows that I'm adopted into an Italian family and everything. But um, she started talking with um, just someone who was there um, that we didn't know. And they were having a really good conversation about, you know, going to Italy, that their family was from there. And like, I also have family in Italy. So I felt like I could have entered that conversation, but it just felt like really awkward to come out to the stranger and be like, "Oh yeah, like I have family in Italy too. Like I'm Italian or whatever." So I feel like that's kind. Of, I feel kind of awkward doing that sometimes. But like overall, like I obviously connect more to like the Italian American culture than I do with maybe like the Chinese American
0: culture. I can definitely understand that. I feel. Kind of the same way. Sometimes what my friends and I will be talking about actually in particular, I was talking to one friend about this Italian dish. Also, I'd like to point out she was not Italian, um, but she was very insistent that it did not have this one ingredient. And I was like, no, but like my grandma, maybe like not the part that of Italy that you visited, but like my family ha- uses this ingredient. And like, you know, everybody on like this half of my family uses it. Like it's just part of like the local place that we're from. She was not budging and I just kind of gave up because it's, I am, you know, I'm Chinese American. I'm very proud of that. But, you know, also by being adopted into an Italian family, I'm also Italian American. So I have that, that culture and I, that is part of my heritage and my upbringing. So it was just a very interesting thing that even though I am adopted by Italians, look at my last name. I'm very much so Italian in that aspect too, um, <laughs> to have just yeah, that person yeah. be like, no, no, no. Wow. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry that happened. It's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I also like,
1: I've, so I've been back to Italy a couple times and I love just going there. I feel like, so my last name is more of a common Italian last name, I guess. So sometimes they'll be around and they'll just see my last name like on trucks or like storefronts. So cool. I find that That's like, really super cool. cool.
0: There's yeah. apparently a very fancy wine with my last name. Ooh! I don't drink wine, but if I did, you can bet that that is the wine that I would purchase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How do you feel um, that being an adoptee has impacted your dating life or has it in any way? Um, I
1: feel like personally, I don't think it
0: has too much. I've, I haven't really
1: dated too many people, but I don't think that like me being an adoptee, it's really
0: made a super big impact on it. That's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like for some people it, it becomes like this big issue, but I'm really mm-hmm. glad that for others, as, or for you especially, that it's been like a non-issue. Yeah. Do you feel that being Asian has affected your dating life in any way? Um, I feel like I guess my
1: not feeling Asian enough in the way that if I, you know, I'm dating another Asian, like I feel like sometimes I worry about the cultural like, disconnect with like their family or, I mean, I don't eat any seafood or fish or anything. And I feel like that's a big, like, Asian thing. So like, I've gotten the, wow, how are you Asian? And you don't eat seafood or something like um, that. So yes. <laughs> so I feel like for me, even with, you know, friends that I've made in college, like, I, have you know, go to their house all the time and gotten close with their family. I feel like um even then there was like that period of like, oh, I feel really awkward, like that I don't eat fish. So I feel bad if they have to like if I eat over for dinner, having mm-hmm. to like accommodate their dinner plans for me or something. Or like I don't want to be disrespectful or anything. Not like right. but yeah. So I feel like that's like the biggest thing I guess that I like worry about when it comes to um connecting with like my friends' families or like even a significant other. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like that's like the big hurdle the first big hurdle I'm like oh man
0: (laughs) yeah it's a little intimidating in my opinion Mm -hmm, yeah are they gonna judge me for I already I already struggle with not feeling Asian enough are they gonna judge me too for like I don't know how to do this or yeah 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 the right way (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I remember the first time I ever had hot pot I was very young my town didn't have a lot of Asians in it, but we did kind of, you know, the natural gravitation that you have when, you know, people look like you and, you know, have that same common thread of, you know, looking different and having a different experience. Um, so I would hang out at my friends' houses who were Asian. I remember the first time I ever saw a hot pot, I just did not know what to do. I felt so embarrassed. My friend's parents were really sweet about it because I was very young. They kind of like showed me what to do, but I just was like, I I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I thought you said dinner was, I was just very young, and very <laughs> confused by the whole experience. Understandable. Do you try to learn and stay connected with, you know, your culture or even the language itself? Yeah, so I don't be Chinese.
1: Um, but now I really wish I did. But my so my parents, they when I was younger, they, you know, they brought my sister and I to like, I don't know if they were, I don't remember what they were, what group they were through or anything, but I just remember going to these like Chinese classes where it was about like, I guess it might've been a cultural group because we would like do events where we would like make dumplings or like learn about Chinese culture and things like that. Um, So I remember going to those. And then when I was a bit older, like in middle school, they tried to, you know, get my sister and I to learn the language if we wanted to. So we were taking like Chinese Mandarin classes. but at the time, I just remember like not being into it, not wanting to do extra homework outside mm-hmm. of school or yeah. like you know do more studying, so I didn't really like invest myself into it. But looking back, like I wish I had because now I wish I could you know speak Chinese mostly now, all I know is like some food because <laughs> <laughs> um, my friends like teach me just like offhand like what we're eating or something, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope maybe I'll try to teach myself Chinese Mm -hmm. now. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that I've been thinking more recently about like, wow, I wish I spoke Chinese.
0: Totally, totally understand. I've been like looking into Chinese classes now that we're all, you know, at home, uh, finding a lot of time (laughs) on our hands. Um, One of the biggest regrets of my life when I was in like kindergarten, I think, or maybe even younger, I was given the option by my mom do you want to take Chinese classes? Um, It was something that the other people that I had been adopted with were talking about, and they didn't know if they wanted to enroll their children or, you know, how they wanted to proceed. So my mom was like, okay, let me ask Amy. So I, at like four years old, I was very young, I wanted to think about it. And I asked my other friend um, who was in Chinese classes, I said, do you like them? Are you having, like, should I take them? And he was like, I hate school on Saturday. And I said, that's good enough for me. No, I don't want to take the mom. That is the (laughs) biggest regret I think I have. Mm. And I said no um, because I really, really wish, just like you, I really wish I had, you know, taken a bigger interest early and said yes because, man, do I regret it. Do I wish I could speak Chinese fluently now? Yeah,
1: I totally relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask you a question based on like, Something you just mentioned, yeah, um, so I, you mentioned like your you asked people that you were adopted with, do you like have groups that of like other adoptees that you still know that you were adopted with?
0: Y- kind of, yes, um so at least for me, um in the way that my parents adopted me, they went through an agency and they would send a group of families over to China to adopt a group of babies. Um, they traveled in like one big adopting group. Um, they toured China a bit. And we're, so we're all from the same area. Um, a lot of us are from the same orphanage. There were two orphanages that did this. Um, and when we came back to the United States, we were all from the same general area of Pennsylvania. So we tried to connect with them and have, you know, group pictures. And, you know, for a couple years, it, um, it held and we still did that. But, you know, time happens, people go apart. So I eventually dropped off speaking with a lot of them you know, I was very young. So the parents just kind of grew apart. Um, at least a lot of us did. Uh, so I ended up reconnecting with some of them uh, from social messenger and everything, in um, social media, but it's never quite been the same. So I know them and I'm sure I could message them and we could talk and they know I am like we support each other in the way that you know, you support people on social media. Uh, but it's not that that bond that yeah i had like two separate groups of like
1: other adoptee Mm -hmm. adoptees that i knew so there was the group that my parents went to to china similar to what you mentioned um and so like yeah i uh, apparently i've in that group like i think we used to talk about it but like i think two of the other girls and i might have been in in, like the same crib or something at one point um or that's what someone was told once upon a time but um Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. But then, yeah, the other group, I think my parents were just in like a support group or something. So we didn't necessarily come from China together. It was like people from adopted from Russia or like other places as well. And I've kind of over the years have also lost touch with both groups. But I think now like people have started to like reach out again. So it's pretty cool to kind of reconnect. And uh, the Chinese group, like the ones that we were all adopted from China together, we used to get together like every year for a reunion, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, as we got older, it kind of stopped and everything. So that's just yeah. cool that we have
0: like similar stories like that. But right. I never knew that how long have we been friends. That's so crazy. We're still finding <laughs> yeah. about about <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> the journey never ends with friendship. Yes. <laughs> have you ever returned to China?
1: Uh, I have been back to China uh, with my parents to adopt my sister, uh, but I we're only about two and a half years apart. So I was really young and I don't remember anything. Um, but I, my sister and I have had talked about, you know, taking a trip back one day together, um, I guess, to visit our different um, places we were adopted from and,
0: you know, other parts of China. That's really awesome that, you know, that's something that you and your sister can kind of connect with and kind of do together because I I hear from other people I've never been back myself that it it can be very emotional and so I'm really glad that you have your sister
1: yeah I I'm excited for it I in the past I like she was more like I guess ready to go back and everything and I never really thought about going back but I think yeah I I think it'll be a good trip once we are able to go
0: for sure are you and your sister from the same part of China no, we're from
1: different parts of China. Um, I'm from Hangzhou, and then she was adopted from Zhujiang, China. So I don't know how... I remember looking on a map once upon a time, like where they were at, but we're not from the same part of the country.
0: Do you think that you guys would want to visit the places that you're from or find like a common ground?
1: Um, I definitely want to see where I was from. I am from don't remember if she specifically does too but um i think like also i would be very down to visit just like some of the big cities or other places Absolutely. in china as well yeah might as well if i'm
0: already there have you ever done any dna testing or have you ever you know wanted to yeah um many years
1: ago my dad bought my sister and i um ancestry dna so it was like a real long time ago when I think like Ancestry DNA was the only one around. So we had done that. And um since then I've like looked back to see if my results have been updated and they have. So I think like now that more people have taken it, my results have gone from like kind of interesting when I first got them and then now pretty much just Chinese. Um <laughs> or like it sounds no. like yeah. <laughs> um like at the when I first got it, it had something like oh like one percent um like Central Asian um like six percent Polynesian like stuff like and then like the rest mm. was China yeah but now I, then my the next time I looked at it was like eighty five percent China like fifteen percent Korea and I was like oh that's kind of cool but then the mm. last time most recent time I checked it was like ninety five percent China oh. <laughs> so I was like all right. <laughs> Um, but I have been interested <laughs> in trying out uh twenty three and me because I feel like I've seen that more like adoptees and everything have used that one. um so I feel like it'd be cool to see if I have any you know closer relatives than uh fourth cousins. yeah, totally.
0: So character development for the folks at home who've been listening um, with us since the beginning, I actually recently decided that I am interested in getting my DNA tested. I recently joined an amazing group called Adopted Chosen Loved, which is a mentorship program um, that has like a big little sibling vibe for Chinese adoptees specifically. Um, And I've been talking with them a lot and they've really been Helping me along on my journey of being an Asian adoptee as well. And we talked a lot about, you know, our birth parents and everything, and, you know, the decision to look and to not look and things like that. And a lot of them are saying that, um, or some of them are saying that, you know, the place that they were adopted from is not what they're DNAing, which I think is really interesting. Um, but it's also giving them more avenues to look for when they do look for parents. So, kind of. I don't know. I'm interested in doing it. So maybe we can do it together, Terry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Also, I heard that you can like find out, you know, the medical stuff, which, Mm. you know, we've talked about this before on AdoptEd, but, you know, big mystery when you're adopted and you don't have that family history.
1: Yeah, I always feel so weird every time I'm at the doctor and they ask me that. I'm like, well, I'm adopted, so... No, I don't have any family history. Yeah, exactly. I'm, it's just
0: kind of... So was always like, oh, okay, never yeah. mind. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they experience it all the time. It's just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel it coming. It's just like kind of... It hangs in the room for a bit longer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I know that the 23 in Me is out there. Do you know... I know that there's others... Are you probably going to go with Twenty Three and Me? Are you not kind of sure? Um, I think I. I mean, yeah, I did Ancestry DNA
1: already. Um, mm. so I think I am. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much like I don't really know. I feel like I've heard of maybe a third co- like company that's um like advertised, but I think I'm probably going to go with Twenty Three and Me because I don't know that much about any other companies.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the I just looked it up. There's a couple other ones out there, but the big ones Ooh. are the 23. 23- yeah,
1: and I think, like, for me, I don't know if I would actually contact anyone, but for me, I think I want to see if there's anyone that I might be related to. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think it's, like, using the one that a lot of people
0: use. Right, exactly. Because I think they only, they only pull from their their sample. Yeah, I think so. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that part. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any recommendations or for sources or um, anything like that for adoptees specifically?
1: Um, I honestly don't have that many like things that I've been looking into recently. I mean, you know, I love listening to this podcast. Thank you. But, you know, I think I've really just liked scrolling through um, like the subtle mm-hmm. Asian adoptee traits group on Facebook and just like, kind of collecting like different groups that people are other people in that group are in or um you know maybe getting like documentary recommendations but i haven't actually like watched any of them yet
0: totally i feel like it's really important to build that community around yourself in whatever yeah. whether that's being you know in groups like that by the way huge shout out to terry for adding me and telling me about this group i had no idea that it existed until she let me know about it and it kind of as cheesy as it sounds it changed my, my life <laughs> but yeah I think finding those places important we were just talking about the um the one child nation too earlier
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah I definitely want to check that one out at some point
0: yeah do you or how do you feel about adoption representation in the media?
1: um I feel like have you watched um
0: like, to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix, yeah, I watched the first one. Have not seen the second one yet,
1: oh, okay. yeah. Well, I feel like, um, I mean, obviously, that's not like a story about adoption, but you know, just learning that um Lana Condor is also an Asian adoptee. Mm-hmm. Um, got me really excited about the movie and like her um story. Yeah. And then, like, I feel like anytime I hear about um like an Asian adoptee in the media, I get really excited. like I think. I really like watching the Olympics, so <laughs> I like follow like the Olympic like whatever on Facebook or like Instagram and stuff, and I remember reading articles about um like an Asian adoptee who was like really involved in like gymnastics um, so i I was just like reading about their stories and everything.
0: I like when story arcs um talk about they met they It's brought up and it's mentioned, but it doesn't become like a central thing because I feel like, at least for me, being adopted is just another part of who I am. It's not like a plot device. It's not an arc. It's just, you know, I am Amy. I am Chinese American. I'm adopted. I'm, you know, so I think that that kind of like normalcy that you see is, it's empowering in its own way, even though it's not overtly talking about adoption.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, have you ever um watched I this documentary you heard of it called I think it's called Twin Twinster or I've
0: heard about that but I haven't checked it out yet.
1: I did watch that documentary and that was super interesting and I kind of like found out about it from this YouTuber who did his own um story about like finding his um birth family in Korea and then how he like met these two twins um who had their own story about like finding each other. So, yeah, then I watched the Twinster documentary, and it was really cool to watch
0: so can you tell me a little bit about the the twinsters? I'm not super familiar with film
1: yeah, so they were uh, I watched it a long time ago, so um, forgive me if any of these details are mis okay. uh, spoken, but um, <laughs> there were these two twins that i they were Korean uh, I believe um, and they they didn't know that they had a twin and I think they like discovered each other over Facebook because one of their friends was like, saw a picture of the other one and was like, hey, that really looks like my, like, that really looks like you. Um, so they were like connected through social media, I believe. And then like, um, I remember also they were talking about these like Korean adoptee, like summer camps or like excursions and things like that. Um, so I think they ended up like meeting through one of those two or something. I don't super remember but the big like the big overarching thing is that mm-hmm. they like met over social media and that's, that's how they so cr- discovered each other yeah
0: that's so crazy like oh my goodness yeah but like I mean social media makes the world like so small you know so that's yeah I'll have to check that out thank you for the recommendation Terry oh yeah <laughs> you're welcome <That> awesome. <laughs> I think that about does it for today do you have anything else you want to add in Terry before we go Oh, no. Thank you for having me. It was great to talk
1: about this. I feel like even though we've been friends, we haven't super talked about our adoptee story that much. Yeah,
0: it was nice. We'll have to talk about this more. Maybe we'll make it like a regular thing because like like you said, we've been friends for so long, but we've never just like, you know, sat down and talked about this thing that like connects us in a, in a different way than we're connected.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Thank you so much for coming, Terry. I appreciate it. And thanks for being our first interviewee. Yeah, no problem. It's great. Thanks for everybody for tuning in and listening today. I really appreciate you guys supporting us. Uh, If you're interested in participating in one of these episodes um, or any of the other episodes we have, you can email us at adoptedpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at adopted underscore podcast and stay connected. We'll see you guys next week.